God's grace and His mercy and His peace are yours this Thanksgiving Day in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Um, I want to start this off with a little uh, video. Every once in a while, um, one of the, the skit guys, if you're not familiar with them, it's kind of neat to go to their website and just kind of see some of the things they do. And they do some humorous things, but they do some more pointed and serious things also. This is a little bit of a combination of that, but it's uh, one of the skit guys and his wife, as they reflect on Thanksgiving, I just want you to watch it to kind of set the stage. Well, um... It has been an unprecedented year. Crazy. With all the... the This stuff? Yeah. It's unprecedented how many times we've actually heard the word unprecedented. (laughs) Our dream vacation was canceled. You got to keep the job you don't like. Uh You know they can see you? But let me tell you all the no's, friends. Um, No going to restaurants, no movie theaters, no movie theater popcorn, no state parks, no going to athletic events, no church services, and no... Don't say it. Don't. Hey, kids! You've got to be more careful with the toilet paper! This is all we have! All the drive-by birthday parties, graduations, (laughs) baby showers. I will say this. I felt a little awkward throwing out that baby shower gift into the front yard. You weren't supposed to do that. It just feels like a wasted year. I said it, I said it. There's there's just all the time at home. Boom! And all the time that we were made to spend together. Hey, honey! Honey! Leave me alone! All the heart-to-hearts. Goodness. Speaking of hearts, our son, Jason, right over there, said yes to Jesus. Right at that kitchen table. July 17th, 2020. You know, I guess it's not really wasted time because God didn't waste a moment of it. (laughs) I think I have the answer to what I'm thankful for. Yeah? Yeah? What is it? Everything. And that's really our, our verse for today from 1 Corinthians 5.18. All of the readings. Emma, thanks for reading today. Emma's one of our high school students. Um, and uh, all of our readings point towards, uh, towards that idea, giving thanks in, in all circumstances. And um, I think for me, the line that captures me on that is God did not waste a moment since last Thanksgiving. God has not wasted a moment. I want to hope, hope that this blesses you a little bit. Uh, as I shared kind of with, my, with the staff and so forth and, and uh, with Teresa, she said, oh, please don't make this too heavy. It's Thanksgiving Day, you know. Um, and so I do want you to know, I want this to be, uh, I want you to have joy in giving thanks today. And, I, and, and it's critical to me that we are giving thanks joyfully with a joyful spirit and heart. And I hope that the music you hear, the special music, and the things that we have and share today, that, of course, is God's intent. God's intent is for us to have great joy. He is longing for that. When Jesus says, I came that they may have joy and have it to the fullest, complete joy. But even when we unpack Jesus' words, 
He uses that word complete, doesn't he? It's not just joy in the moments that it's easy. How do we experience thanksgiving and gratitude throughout the whole year and in the circumstances we face now? And if you're watching online too, for many of you who are doing that, part of the reason you may be doing that, and I'm glad and want to honor that, is for safety of yourself or someone who may be recovering, someone who maybe have gone through very difficult, difficult physical moments. So we want to be safe and keep ourselves safe, and we're longing for that healing that will come out of eventually what will happen. But to imagine that God was not present at any point along the way would be an error on our part. And when God is present, then he is calling us to give thanks. So if God is present at all times, then he is also calling us to give thanks at all times. So what I want to do here, there's an outline if you want to follow along. Um, The first thing that I really wanted to look at was this idea of uh, good, better, or best. Or I'm going to even say it may be a better way, um, um, deep, deeper, and deepest of ways of looking at thanksgiving. I really want to say right off the bat, so my first point in this is about, is number one, is give thanks for the good times. It's critical. I call this the Thanksgiving dinner exercise. I hope you do this. And I hope that even if your kids roll their eyes all the way to the back of their heads, that you will continue to do this thing and simply stop and say, how can we count our blessings? For what are we particularly thankful for? And you know, I wish I had thought of it sooner because I think in first grade or in in, in the kindergarten class or preschool, I can't remember, but here at Grace, and Ronnie, you might remember, we used to take videos of kids, what are you thankful for? And isn't that right? I think we did. I should have got one of those because they're so delightful and so cute. And they're all about, I'm thankful for my puppy and I'm thankful for a sunny day and I'm thankful that I got, you know, to eat peanut butter and jelly. And I'm thankful that I have a mommy who loves me and I'm thankful for, you know, that kind of thing. All of those things that are so obvious and which we rarely stop and enumerate. Right? So this is really not an insignificant point. I was saying this to Aaron beforehand. I said, it's interesting, um, that, that term childish or childlike, this is what I would call that childlike thanksgiving, which Christ honors. Childish is another thing. Childish is self-centered and selfish and throwing tantrums and, you know, un- unreconcilable and things like that. But childlike, Jesus longs for us to be childlike, also in our thanksgiving. Because in our thanksgiving, it is an exercise of our faith. So I am longing, like the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That should be on our hearts and lips every day. Because every day, the great blessings in the good moments outweigh and outnumber the others exponentially. Almost always. Almost always. Now, I want to be honest, and I want to be sensitive, because it isn't always that way, though, is it? There are moments, as I've talked with some friends and some others, when people have gasped for every breath they've taken, and others who find that they're mourning one day, and the next day there is another reason to mourn, and the loss can overwhelm, and the hurt can cause darkness and despair, and difficulty, the isolation and the loneliness is real. There are hurts 
But point number one to me is critical. Please, please, I implore you, even if you're not in person, but you share this by email or post it on Facebook or whatever you do, to stop and say, for what are we most easily thankful for? And if you're filling in a blank, the way I describe this is, this is seeing God immediately. Immediately. It's like, what do you see? And what are his thanks? Like if you came home from school, now maybe you're already in a gorgeous spot, but if you came driving into Pocatello and you saw the hills covered with snow and you said, thank God I'm home. Or I have a family that's warm and who welcomes me and I'm always loved in that place. I have a church that's going to proclaim to me the goodness and grace and mercies of God. I have a sibling who, who is excited to see me, mostly. You know, I have, we are going to have an abundance that celebrates the harvest of God that we do not go hungry and that we are blessed in such a way, even though we are well aware of the hurts and needs of others. And so it is proper and right that we give thanks in those immediate ways, the things that just jump out and hit you in the face. Count them off, name them off, share them with others, and give thanks to your God. That's the kindergarten prayer. It's the Thanksgiving day around the table one, and it needs to be done because it is not insignificant. It is not childish but it is, in fact, childlike in our faithful remembering of God's grace to us. That's the first thing. So giving thanks for the good times. The second one is then giving thanks for the good that comes from hard times. I'm going to share with you a few slides. I did it. Chapel at school now is, is really different. Uh, it's good, but I miss things. I miss having all the kids here you know, at different phases. I miss having the chance to talk with them or watching a kid's reaction and following up or praying for needs that they may have specifically. Now we record it and we then share it in the classroom and there's some discussion questions. So there's some benefits to it and some pluses to it, but I miss being together. And so it's one of the things of the, of the pandemic. And so this is kind of the illustrations that I use. What do we give thanks for in the pandemic, right? So I love this one that we give thanks for those first responders, those frontline people that are right in there battling on our behalf, who are asked to go above and beyond. And I love this mural. It's from Texas. You know, boxing gloves, but they're angels in their mercy and their desire to serve and care those they've been called to do. And so this idea of community spirit is a tremendous blessing. This one I've actually witnessed myself from an airplane and seen. I've been stunned that in this time, I've been amazed at how different the air quality was when things kind of shut down. Now, please, I don't want to get into some political discussion because if companies aren't working, people aren't getting paid, blah, blah, blah. I get that. What I am telling you is that it's a startling kind of difference in that when that's in Paris, you know, just the difference in the air quality in Paris, it's even more stark in, like, China, how different it was. Anyway, it's a side... A benefit. Let's see what the next one is. I, I don't have too many. Oh, I think people today are they're, they're being safer. They're just being safer. They're washing their hands. They're keeping away, you know, practicing a certain amount of distancing. Um, the casual hugging and, and so forth of strange strangers, even though we may want to be kind, is um, I think, I'm, I don't know, I haven't gotten sick in a year. And I would get sick four to six times a year. I'm telling you that. Because I would hug, you know, 400 people a Sunday or during a week, you know, and in school. So I think people are washing their hands more and being safer. It's a plus. 
I think people are spending time playing board games and being together as family. Now, maybe it, it might be a little reflective of the, of the story that you saw in the video. Go away from me. I've had enough of you. But I think in our hearts, we really do treasure and know that that time together has been something that you, that's an investment in one another that's hard to measure its benefit and blessing. I love this one. Teaching is hard. I, it's, a great, it's been a great opportunity for us to cheer for our teachers. Teaching is hard. There's some great, hilarious jokes on that one, on when, you know, of people after four hours of homeschooling, if they've never done it before, they start to realize, oh, teachers who actually write lesson plans and prepare a day and have a structure and so forth are, cheer, are also heroes. They're also our heroes. So we want to honor our teachers. Oh, Ryan and I built a shed together. That's Ryan's shed. So it was cool to get some projects done. Anybody in here get projects done during this? I think I've cleaned my garage three times. And, you know, I've sorted through things and given away things to Goodwill, and it's been kind of great to get projects done. Or how about another one? Oh, I grew my own tomatoes. I never would have done this otherwise. And I got over 40 tomatoes off of this plant. Yay, good job. Um, I think the plant cost 40 bucks, but whatever. Um, I think this is a cool one, too. Even though I'm not really a, a big pet guy, this has been a phenomenal statistic of how many pets have been saved from destruction and how people have welcomed pets that were abandoned or stray, whatever, into their homes. And I think that's pretty spectacular. Even though it's not my first choice, I think it's pretty spectacular that people have a heart for that and chose to act in that way during this time. What do you think of this one? We're getting better at tech. Are we? Well, maybe not. Anyway, you can go to the next one. Um, for Teresa and I, this is the best trip I think we both have said, best trip in a dozen years for us. We, we took a trip to Bryce, and we wore a mask the whole time, even outside. It's so funny, as you're, you don't see anyone for like 20 minutes. And then when someone comes by, you're startled as you put your mask on and you walk by each other. But this, it was spectacular to be there together um, instead of fighting the crowds and things like that. Is that all of them? Yeah. So the idea on this one in this second point, as, as what we hear here from Romans, right? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know the context of Romans chapter 8. Paul is acknowledging to the people of God, there are hard things. There are hard things that you're enduring. You're being persecuted. You're being challenged. Some people among you, your brothers and sisters, have, been, have lost their lives for their faith. Some of you have been separated. Some of you have endured sickness and disease and illness. But he says, please know that God works together for good. He works for the good of those who love him. And so this is a deeper one, right? This is kind of a deeper level of thanksgiving. And this one, I think we understand also. I think we, we can understand this, that in the midst of a hard thing, what good thing has come out of it? And I think that's a deeper conversation. That may not be the Thanksgiving dinner table, at least while it starts and the food gets cold. Because this is a conversation that can be longer, right? Should be a little bit longer. Can we see the good that comes out of, Terry, right? Can we see the good? Can we see it with the Jennigans who have experienced great loss in their family? What good things comes what good things come out of the heartaches, the travails, the trials that we endure? And I think most people of faith get this, and they embrace it. 
And I think they can do that, even in the pandemic, to stop and say, what good thing came out of this thing that we had? And I think that's a valuable exercise. I think it's a critical exercise. So it's not just the immediate thing. Let me give you the comparison. We're going to come to the Lord's table here in a moment. Please know that when you receive Christ and his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, this is an example of this. What good thing came out of the suffering of our Savior? What good thing came from our Savior abandoning his glory in heaven, taking on full humanity, walking where we walked, suffering where we suffered, taking the punishment that we deserved, and you will receive it in Christ's own body and blood. That is a good thing that came from a hard thing, a hard time. And so this is, I think Christians, I think you all understand this, and it's worth a conversation and discussion, a longer one, a more meaningful one, that builds in our hearts a greater sense of gratitude. But now I want to talk about the third one, because this is the tricky one. And this is the one where Teresa was saying to me, please don't let this be a downer. And I don't intend it to be at all. And in fact, I talked with uh, my, you know, really one of my very dearest friends, my buddy Chuck and Rayanne, who experienced such great loss, such great hurt in their own family. Because I said, I want to tell you what I want to say here, and I want to see if this causes hurt to you. Because I don't want it to be hurtful. I want it to be helpful. Because folks, I am guessing that already in this room, there are many, many of you as families who have experienced hurt and loss and grief at times that's hard to understand. In which it's easy. This is the Job moment, right? This is the Job one. And you, and you heard Emma read it, and that's just a portion of it. God allows the devil to tempt him up to his life, and he loses everything. And Job is a devout man. He's not prideful. He's not a jerk. He's humble, and he gives thanks to God, and he worships him. And even when he loses everything he has in his life, even when he loses everything, his wealth, his family, his everything, it says he worshiped God. And then you have those famous words, those words that are hard for us to embrace. Naked I came in, naked I go out, right? I came in with nothing, I go out with nothing. Nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We sing it in our contemporary worship. It's a, it's a well-loved song, and I think it resonates with the hearts of people. And I think in this COVID time, and if you're watching, you may be watching around the country or even around the world, we have people doing that. I want this point especially to bless you. Please do not fail to do the first two. Please take the time to do the easy thanksgiving. But I want to share with you what I think God intends for us in this hardest of thanksgivings. Because here's what it is. The, 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 the thing is, give thanks for the hard times. You want me to do what? So the one is good, better, best, or deep, deeper, deepest. This is going deepest. It goes more to our core, more to our hidden hurts, more to the things which we consider unreconcilable. The way I would illustrate it kind of is this. The first one, giving thanks for the good times. It, let's, I'll use basketball when I was coaching basketball. That's practice. Because you can make all kinds of mistakes and you learn. It doesn't matter if you get the rebound all the time. It doesn't matter if you make the free throw. But you're learning, you're learning, you're learning. And so you practice, you practice, you practice. And we should, by probably a factor of 10 to 1, 
do that one and not fail to do that one. That's the ten lepers one. When a good thing happens to you, give thanks. That's like practice. The second one, to find the good out of the bad, to see what good thing God is choosing to do out of a hard or difficult or evil or bad time. That's like a scrimmage. That's when the coach says, okay, divide into teams, now we're going to actually play, the game, play a game. But the coach can kind of stop, and he said, see how you goofed that up? See how we didn't run that play right? See how we missed our assignment? And they can correct it. And sometimes it's a little embarrassing if a kid does it repeatedly and the coach gets a little tough on him. And sometimes it's not easy because the, the student might be benched or they might, foul, you know, they might uh, have to sit out for part of it. But it's a scrimmage. So you're putting all the things you put into practice and it might not be easy. You might have to sweat hard. You might even get hurt. And the coach might not always speak nicely to you. But it's a scrimmage. This one's the game. Because the game doesn't go always the way we expect. That's why we play the game. And this is not a game because this is the life that God longs to walk with us, to not abandon us, to journey with us knowing full well that we are not exempt from the hurts of a broken world, that we are not exempt. And so what's the point here? How in the world can we give thanks for the hard times? I mean for the hard times. Give thanks for, am I crazy? Is that nuts? I'm not asking people to say, oh Lord, please give me hard times. And God does not wish evil upon anyone. But there are hard times that we cannot resolve in our minds. Do you agree with me? There are hard times that in our sinful, broken human minds, in our limited, God, my ways are not your ways, I cannot resolve them. I'm confessing this to you as your pastor. Just this week, with the hurts and the losses that we've experienced, I got into one of those moments again where I just, you just get overwhelmed and you go, I cannot resolve this in my mind. I cannot stop and say, oh, there's, a good, there's this wonderful good thing that came out of this difficult thing. And God knows that. I don't ever want people to think because I can't resolve it in my mind or because I find myself struggling to praise God in this hard thing that I somehow am no longer a believer, I'm no longer faithful, or I'm no longer a good Christian. It's a real Christian. It's a genuine journey because there are things in our minds that we cannot resolve. This is game time. And this is what I want to share with you on this because in the first one, we see God immediately. It's right in our face. Give thanks for the good things. The second one, we see God through means. That's the Lord's Supper. We call that a means of grace. The way that God delivers grace to us, which sometimes is not readily apparent, but through a very difficult suffering of our Savior brought grace beyond measure. It's how we see the cross. To give thanks for the cross. It's easy to give thanks for the empty tomb, but to give thanks for the cross. But this one... This one is the hurt that we in our minds struggle to resolve. Why is it significant? In the first one, we see God immediately. In the second, we see God in the unexpected through means. Here's why. Because when we go through these unresolvable, unreconcilable challenges, hurts, griefs, brokenness, separations, 
if we, if we refuse to see and give thanks in those moments, we are holding those hurts apart from God's healing hand. The temptation is to take those hurts and make them a badge of honor that no one else can possibly understand, not even God. And we can wear them as a trophy. God is not longing for that. God cannot always explain all things to us. But he can say this, I want to be with you. I will be with you. Even though I may not answer the questions you have that linger in your mind, I will be with you. And I will never leave you. Do not hold this apart from me. Do not hold this apart. John Leach, who's the, uh, who I've met and heard speak several times, he worked with Truth and Love Ministry. They're based over, uh, based over in Caldwell. <clears throat> They're in the Wisconsin Lutheran uh, Synod. That, they base out of there. But here's a little thing that he wrote. He said, as many of, that I thought helped me, as many of us celebrate this day of gratitude, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on a word God uses throughout Scripture. All. The word all. Give thanks in all circumstances. That word stands out. Especially this year. All seems tough. Take a look at another all in Scripture. Christ is all and in all. Colossians 3. He provides all you need. He knows all you're going through. He is with you at all times. He has all power to help. He forgave all your sins. When Jesus is all you have, you realize he is all you need. His promises hold true in all circumstances. Each all in that series provides comfort. He does all the work. We get all the benefit. That's the way all works with God. And he says, allow me to share one more all. 1 Timothy 2.4, God wants all to be saved. He does all the saving. Yet once again, we have the benefit of being a part of his process to reach new hearts. When God says all, great things follow. This Thanksgiving, take it all in. He's got it all under control. He's working all things for your good. He uses you to share his love for all the world. He's preparing a place where you will live with him for all time. Trusting it all depends on him making it easy to give thanks in all circumstances. And so at your dinner tables, I hope you will with joy and laughter give thanks for the good. And then seek out the good and the hard. But in this one, to even give thanks for the hard times which God has not yet explained to you and which may not be resolved in your mind. Because in this one, it's God seeing you, all of you, fully, completely. And God is longing for you to have the peace which comes from his hand when we do not understand. That peace can only come, not because we've worked it out in our head, but be God, because God is already holding you in his heart. For us to give thanks here, it's for us to hear God say this. In those hardest of times, I see you fully. I've got this completely. And I've got you always. To God be the glory. And a blessed Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name.